Hey guys, welcome to another fantastic episode of the DJ Sports Recap Show. This is your co-host, Jake. And I am the host, Dan. Yeah? Take that. Boom. So, yeah, we're, I think we're in good spirits today, despite... Yeah, we've accepted what Michigan State is, and so we're not going to let us bring us down. Michigan State is the strings, and we've got no strings to hold us down. He was he was just listening to that song a second ago. Go Pinocchio. So yeah, uh, we're gonna we're gonna lead off with I think some Michigan State talk. Jake will then go over the picks from the weekend, which one of us did great. The other one was Jake. And <laughs> oh, sorry, spoiler alert there. Average. I right. I didn't say you did poorly. Yeah. I, but anyways, I mean, anyone, whoever that was. Sorry, we're 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 gonna go over that in this, in just a few minutes here, or several minutes, I should say, um, and then we're gonna talk some some Spartan hoops because we did go to Midnight Madness. Had Kobe a, had a good time. No, he does not play for the team. <laughs> what? And I then thought since he retired, he was gonna go to college. Well, yeah, I guess that's how it works. But anyways, so and then from there, uh, I think we'll we'll touch on the Lions just a little bit, although. Unfortunately, neither of these wonderful hosts of this show got a chance to watch them due to different reasons. But we we still know what happened. We are we are wise beyond like that beyond our years. True. Uh, and then we'll probably just get out of your hair. So without further ado, Michigan State played Northwestern this weekend, homecoming weekend. Um, another chance for Michigan State to kind of try to get off the Schneid, and uh, yeah, it didn't happen. Hey, they started off well. Um, as you guys who watched the game, Luarki started. Um, he had a nice first drive, threw a wonderful touch touchdown to Josiah Price. That was, and then the following possession, I forget his first name. Justin Lane. Justin Lane got a pick six. So Michigan State was up to an early seven or fourteen zero lead. It was. It started off good. We thought we were thinking like, hey, maybe it's maybe it's our week. Yeah, and then unfortunately, uh, the defense came back out on the field, and apparently, when they're not getting pick sixes, all they do is give up touchdowns. So uh, from there, uh, Northwestern went on a nineteen to three run. Correct, nineteen because there was a safety involved. Um, poor Brian Lewerke got tagged in the end zone. It was a it was a brutal hit for a, a young guy, but nineteen to three run. Um, Doors were kind of blown open there. Uh, Michigan State was never able to recover. Got close. Got close in the second half. Got it to within two, I believe. Yep, when they brought in um, Tyler O'Connor. Yep. Uh, Lurky, I mean, they, they decided to make make a little change. Lurky, I think, had some happy feet because he was getting hit, and the hits were, were rough. So I can't really really blame a young quarterback. But brought in O'Connor. O'Connor played, played well. Got Michigan State, like I said, back to within two. But... Then the straw that broke the camel's back, in my opinion, not that I'm not, I can't say the way Michigan State's defense was playing, what, that it would have mattered, but a kickoff return for a touchdown right when Michigan State had momentum and was starting to feel a little, probably a little bit of good, good about themselves again. And then kickoff for a touchdown, uh, game was over from there. Yep. We, Michigan State gave up the most points they've, they have in, since the 90s with 54 points. Um, it's just uh, to, let, a lot let me, of problems. Let, let me specify, uh, clarify that. So most points have given up at home since the 90s. Oh, it was? Okay. Yeah, they gave up 56 to Wisconsin, I believe, in 2003 is what I saw, but that was on the road. But, yeah, most points they've given up in Spartan Stadium in a long time, long, long time. Uh, so a lot of things went down this week, this weekend, if you're looking at 
trying to look, you know, if you want to look at negative stats, first time D'Antonio has ever lost four straight. Uh, you know, home losing streak now is up to three, I believe. Heck, their only home win right now is over a Division One AA team. So if you even count that as a win, which, I mean, a lot of people honestly won't because you look at the, you know, look at who they're playing. It's like, you expect to win that game. I know it counts as a win on the overall record, but, but is it really? In reality. I mean, it's kind of like in basketball counting, you know, beating North South, North South, Southwest Eastern State College. Hey man, they won the Colonial. You know, they gave it their best shot. But anyways, um, yeah, a lot of, a lot of negatives. You can, you can definitely see, uh, that there the murmurs throughout throughout the Spartan Stadium crowd just pure disappointment, which again can't blame them for. Um, you know, trying to go go to East Lansing and have a fun weekend and um and when the games start out this fun, you know, start out mm-hmm. good. Which if you look at I, I was looking at a, a fun little statistic yesterday of Michigan State's and their opponents uh, points by quarter. And it gets progressively worse each way. So Michigan State scores less points pretty much every quarter. And they give up more points pretty much every quarter. I mean, it's it's to the point where I believe in right now their opponents have scored over eighty points in the fourth quarter of games. So, uh, yeah, and you look at Michigan State. I believe they had like some like thirty thirty some odd points fourth quarter points scored. So, uh, when you break it down, like I said, it turns into Michigan State plays actually pretty well in the first half. Their first halves are not bad. They they've won first quarters. So right now they're outscoring their opponents and actually playing pretty good defense in first quarters. I believe they've given up like it was like 14 points or something like that in the first first quarter of games. Uh, second quarters they've been tied. I believe it was it was something like 17 apiece or something, without having that right in front of me. But regardless, it's you know first halves actually for Spartans are really good. Over, you know for when you're talking about a team that's struggling and that's probably not overall that talented. Or, uh, you know, I guess I still think they have talent, but they're just not playing well, not playing up to that talent. Mm-hmm. But anyways, it's the second half where things drop off. And that's, again, we're going to talk about this another week where it comes down to coaching. That's not player perform. I mean, yeah, the players got to make plays. Riley Bola had a, a quote like that this this week saying at some point you got to make plays. And Spartan defense just wasn't doing that at all this weekend outside of the Justin Lane interception. Um so to me, it's other coaching staffs are making adjustments to what the Spartans are doing, and you're not seeing the Spartans really making the adjustments to. And maybe it's because you look at it and they are so successful in the first half. Mm-hmm. So what adjustments do you have to make when you're winning or tied, pretty much at halftime of every game? I mean, even this game they're down 19 to 17, I believe at half. So you're you're upset because of the way the half ended, but overall, it's like game's still close. We can we can bounce back here. But uh, then you're looking at the second halves, and it's just, again, that's got to be on adjustments. Because you can't tell me that all of a sudden a team goes from being able to play decent decent defense to, hey, we can't stop a thing. Um, but, yeah, unfortunately, a lot more, a lot of negative news again coming out of East Lansing. Um, and what can you say? He gave up 54 points to a, a Northwestern team that wasn't having a great year overall. I mean, I guess when you look at it, they're lost right now to – to Western doesn't look bad anymore, mm-hmm. especially when you remember the way they lost it. They, the fact that they they had the win essentially, and the guy fumbled it out of bounds, and not even sure it was out of bounds. But regardless of how that play was called, I mean, if that's that's their only loss in the season, actually not too bad. 
you know, I forget. Is that their only loss? I think they, they might have one three, more. I thought. Okay. They have a couple more. But overall, I don't think they're as bad as people thought they were uh, at the onstart of the season. Obviously, not. they're not having the season they wanted either, so coming off of a 10-win season last year. And, you're, you know, Northwestern, you're hoping to build off that and win, win that division. But I just don't think they're they're – near as bad as people thought they were at the beginning, you know, after losing the, a couple games at the beginning of the year. So that being said, um, yeah, the Spartans just, just not, not all there. I mean, there's obviously deficiencies on pretty much in every facet of the game. They did to me, surprisingly start Brian Lewerke. Uh, I'm still not sure how I feel about that, even though he did have, like you said, a, a good first drive, but after after that, like I said, the kid got hit a couple times and uh, really couldn't get move the ball. And that, to me, is part of lot. Your offensive line doesn't do anything to speak of. They don't pass block really well. They don't run block real well. Your running backs aren't aren't doing aren't probably the biggest to me. One of the biggest disappointments right now is the running back core. I mean, they have flashes where Gerald Holmes will have you know a good drive or two in a row, or L.J. Scott will have a couple of nice runs, but. And then they just disappear. And I know there's a lot of that that's on the offensive line that's not helping them at all. I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to throw the running backs under the bus when they aren't getting any running lanes to go through. Um, but if you want to look at positives, R.J. Shelton had himself a heck of a day. Seemed to be able to get open when he wanted to. Um, and I guess if you want to look at positives, Michigan State's offense did score thirty some points, and you count the interception. I mean, they put up as a team put up forty points. Uh, for a team that was struggling on offense, they picked a bad week to have their worst defensive game in decades. <laughs> you know, or at least, I mean, you can go back to like Michigan, I believe, in 2002 or whatever it was when they hung up 49 on on the Spartans. But just for, for a team that's a little bit of a weaker team, you know, like the Wisconsin's and the Michigan's back in the day, or when you know Wisconsin put up fifty six, they were a pretty good team. When Michigan put up that forty nine spot, they were a really good team. I mean, when when Northwestern comes into your to your house and hangs fifty four on you, I mean, and none of them were, I believe, defensive scores outside of the safety. It was just all the offense going through Michigan State's defense. Like, I mean. I, I would I would say a hot knife do butter, but I think it was easier than that. <laughs> knife through air. Yeah, it was. It's just really disappointing to see how far this defense has fallen in three short years, from being the number one defense in the country to being one of the worst defenses in the country. I mean, when you there was another thing I was looking at with how many points Michigan State's given up just on the last X amount of drives. It's it's that they can't even get off the field, and it's no more indicative than you look at. I mean, in the end, uh, Northwestern ended up going ten for nineteen on third downs. Uh, not, I know not the best in the world, but or, when you when you, when you force nineteen third downs, I mean that means your first and second down defense not too bad overall. You're you're making decent plays on on the first two plays, but more often than not, they're getting off they're continuing drives they're over 50 percent half the time you know they're they're continuing a drive and that that's what tires your defense out and the other thing that Michigan State again um, lost the time of possession battle uh, no, Northwestern controlled the ball for <coughs> bless you 
uh, for 35 minutes, Michigan State 24. And, again, we talked about this last week, and I'll continue to harp on it. Michigan State's not going to win games if they don't control the time of possession. That's just never how they've – they don't win games generally that way. I think the only time they probably maybe did was 2014, and that was one of the better offenses I've ever seen Michigan State have with their ability to score quickly. So the, th- the thing was that year, they were just putting up a ridiculous sum of points in a lot of games. So, uh, I mean, I, I don't know. Where do, you, where do you go from here with this team, Jake? I mean, I'm, we're, we're, we try to stay behind them, but they're just not giving you much of a reason to, to cheer. It's, you know, you, you start off games well, and maybe that's, that's part of the, the overall disappointment is how well they've started games relatively. Mm-hmm. You know, like last week or this past game, 14 nothing. you know? Things were looking really good. When you look at Indiana or uh, BYU, you know, both those games go down the field and score in first possessions, I do believe. And then you just – and I guess the thing is when the defense is fresh, I think the defense has been pretty solid. But then you have the offense unable to move the ball again uh, for the next couple couple drives. I know Michigan State did go down and get a field goal, uh, which was a decent – Decent drive, and I guess if again you want to look at another positive, Geiger was one for one. Blessed. So they're not giving him many opportunities to mess up this year. <laughs> but and let's be honest, there's not much pressure on him. Right. I guess that's that's the other thing when you're when you're not in any tight games. I mean, the last two weeks you've lost by 17 and 14, I do believe. So it's not like you're making any pressure field goals. I will. At the time when Geiger hit his field goal, I thought it was it was needed because Northwestern had scored a couple times. It's like Michigan State just needs to put points on the board to get things back going in the right direction. And clearly that didn't matter. Um, I guess it's just – it's I don't want to say it's getting hard to cheer for this team. It's just getting hard to have fun with this team because you just know – it's like you're waiting for that inevitable shoot or drop. Even when Michigan State jumped out 14 nothing, it's like, all right, but when's Northwestern going to start scoring points? And I guess I never in my wildest dreams would have thought they would have put up 50. I mean, I if you would have told me Michigan State scored 40 this week, I thought they would have won by 14 points. Because their defense had been not great, but up to this point, I don't think they had been atrocious. And I, I blame more the defense on the fact that their offense wasn't moving the ball. So they were getting tired and worn out. You could tell that by the end of the BYU game. They were just exhausted from being on the field. But... It's gotten to the point they can't stop the run. <laughs> they can't stop the pass. I mean, their their defensive line is rough. You try to move Malik McDowell outside so he can pressure the quarterback, then teams just run the ball right up the middle. It uh, doesn't help that Raekwon Williams is out. Um, I'm not saying he's a um, even a game changer, but he helped plug up the middle. To me, he is kind of like a, a the college version of uh, what's-his-face that plays for the Lions that got hurt. Oh, uh, from from Baltimore, Helodinata. Helodinata. I mean, at the, I'm saying that at this point in his career, he's a, a run stuffer just by the fact he's a big guy. He's harder harder to push around, and he, I think he certainly helps. And without him being out there, things are a little worse for Michigan State. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you were we talked about the third down conversions. We also haven't been able to just generate turnovers. That's a big part. We. We had the pick six, but other than that, the only game that I think that we had a lot of turnovers in was the Notre Dame game when we won. Very true. And so, you're not, I understand like you're not getting a lot of help from the offense. Just we've been harping on it 
all season. We're losing. We're losing the time of possession battle. One way you can try and help swing stuff your way is by getting turnovers. I know we had we had the pick six. I want to say we had. Did we have another turnover? No, only the one. Just the one. But that's why I was like, that's gonna help you. But it gives you faith in your team and your defense more, and your and your cohort or not coworkers, but like in your um your your defensive squad, and it's just like. Okay, cool. We we can do something. We got this. But other than that, and gives the offense the ball in better field position too. But yeah, uh, other ways you can try to swing swing a momentum is that's something Michigan State struggled on is in the special teams game. I mean, Michigan State's not really had a a great punt returner since Keyshawn Martin left, and that's when you see the talent on the field. I mean, I think. R.J. Shelton could do it, but he's too valuable on offense to risk putting him back there. Uh, I know that towards the end of the game, um, they were putting Donnie Corley back to return punts and kicks, so maybe that's something you can do. But, I mean, look at look at what Northwestern did when they needed a spark. Michigan State had all the momentum, and I almost thought they were going to come back and pull it off before, you know, five seconds later when Northwestern returned the kickoff. Special teams plays up an important role, and Michigan State special teams has been atrocious for years now. I mean, you their punting games are right, I guess. If you want to try to take a positive, I think Hartberger's a, a pretty decent punter. Mm. Um, I think he gets put in rough positions a lot because he's punting from his end quite often. So, I mean, even if you have a 50-yard punt, they're generally starting the ball, you know, they're 30-40 where they're starting in decent field position. I know he's had games where he's been able to pin the ball inside the 20 when he gets the opportunity. Yeah, but, when he gets closer. But, uh, I mean, we've been over Geiger before. The fact that I just think D'Antonio right now has a little bit of a lack of faith in him to make long kicks. So if it's like a 40-plus yard field goal, I think we've just been typically going for it this year. Also, because Michigan State just seems to get need touchdowns, so sometimes you, just, you know it seems this year they just need to go for it. Um, and then the kickoff and punt game. I mean, again, I couldn't tell you the last time Michigan State made a big play in the punt return game. And you look across the, across the country, that ha- happens for a lot of other teams that they're able to just swing momentum, get good field position, and that's almost as good as a turnover when you can return a punt. But I mean, either every punter we play against is the best ever at hanging the ball up in the air and, you know, not allowing Michigan State's guys to return it, or we just don't have the returners capable of of making those those game changing plays. So it's I, I tweeted this out. It just seems to me if it's not one thing, it's another with this team. Offense doesn't show up. You know, defense does kind of show up for a little bit. Offense can't. Offense does kind of show up this week a little bit. I mean, I think the 40 points was kind of an illusion to some aspect just because I I truly believe Northwestern thought they could score at will. Whenever they needed a score, they were going to get one. So I guess maybe I had – I just have lack of faith right now in, in the defense's ability, but it just seems – I mean, when, when you're converting most third downs, and a lot of those third downs were not – not short, you know, it's, we're talking again, third and seven, third and eights, you know, it's not like they were converting these third and ones and third and twos. I know they had those, but uh, it's just my exasperated side there. I think it's rough. It's rough. It says a lot about where this team's at, where they're going. Um, and then 
again, I go another week and I don't see the, the fire out of Mark D'Antonio. I, I don't know if he's just, you know, calmed down through, you know, being a, now a coach here for 10 years and he just doesn't have, seem to have that same ferocity about him that, you know, where he, he would, he would get visibly upset. I mean, I know he's upset, but it's more at this point, I think just a disappointment than an anger. And I think that's, again, I've said this before, because I think he knows what this team is and his heart of hearts. I think he knows his team's not very good. Obviously as a coach, you're never going to say that, but he's in with that team in practice every day. You know, he's, he knows what this team lost and he knows what it's been brought in and where they're at right now. And, I think it's hard to get angry at a team when I'm again, I think they're trying their best. I just I just don't think they have it. <laughs> yeah, and so we're we're gonna have to ride out the season and we're gonna have to see what changes are made. It's gonna be uh who's gonna be at quarterback every single week probably till till the season ends. Yep. Um I guess interesting note was Damian Terry didn't play at all, which he did finish out the BYU game. It was to me a little surprising that I thought personally I thought you'd get the start, and then if things didn't go well, then I th- I thought you'd go to Lewerke just to say hey you know <laughs> throw in the towel we're not that good time to start playing for next year. But the fact that Damian Terry didn't start, I would be I guess I can't say I would be shocked if he didn't transfer because he's got one year left and it's hard to transfer with with one year of eligibility into a new program and learn a new playbook and. You know, unless you're a guy like Russell Wilson that, you know, you know you're going to come and make an immediate difference. I mean, I guess if you wanted to transfer to a small school, maybe back closer to home, I just – I think the writing's on the wall now. He had a, a, another chance to win a starting job this past week in practice and obviously couldn't do it. Lurkey showed some more things than Terry. So I, I don't – I guess I don't know where that – where we'll go with Damian Terry. I just can tell you that at this point I don't believe he'll ever be the starter at Michigan State, and I don't think there's any reason to believe that. The, the guys had chances to win starting jobs. I mean, he had a chance this offseason to win the starting job over Tyler O'Connor. Couldn't do it. Uh, now, a chance, multiple chances throughout this season to take the job from Tyler O'Connor or Brian Lewerke, apparently. And, again, couldn't do it. So, I, I, th- I think he does like being here. It's hard to just leave a program after you've been there for four years, and it'll be his fifth year next year. So it would be really hard to leave all your teammates and start over new. But I guess if he wants to play significant starting minutes, I can I can tell you it's not going to be here. I mean, I think the coaching staff has made that apparent. So, um, I mean, going forward, we'll talk about this more on Friday. But Maryland this week, and that's it is what it is at this point. You know, hopefully they can they can get a few wins here and try to back their way into a bowl game and maybe get a win that we're not expecting somewhere down the line. I mean, I'm not going to tell you they have any chance against Michigan or Ohio State. What I will tell you is rivalry games bring out different a different team. Even some of the worst Michigan State teams I've ever seen against some really good Michigan teams back in the mid-2000s and early 2000s, late 90s, competed and maybe didn't win, but again, competed. I mean, you look at the Braylon Edwards game, in, I believe, 2005, mm-hmm. that Michigan State team was atrocious. <laughs> Defensively, they were awful. Offensively, I, that they had that was uh, Drew Stanton, but Drew Stanton went out in that game. But they were a little better offensively than they are, than this team is, but still. That team was no good at all. That was back when they were routinely not going to bowl games 
four wins were four or five wins were generally the ceiling. So before Michigan State fans jump off the bandwagon and think, oh, you know, Michigan's going to beat us by 80, just remember rivalry games bring out something. And um, if anything, if, I, I don't actually believe this, but maybe Michigan will come in overconfident. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's just keep on piping up the ego of Michigan, but... I, I mean, when you're looking at a team that's just getting their brains beaten in, I mean, and you, at this point, you can't tell me that Michigan's not way more talented than Michigan State with what both teams are putting out there. And honestly, I hate to say this, but not being much better coached um, than, but again, I know Mark, Dan- Mark D'Antonio puts a lot of emphasis on the Michigan game, and I know he'll do it again this year, and they'll do whatever they can to make it a competitive game and try to win. So I wouldn't throw that game in just yet just because, like I said, I've seen some bad Michigan State teams compete with some really good Michigan teams. And, I mean, maybe by some miracle Michigan State can get a little healthier. Some By some miracle Reschke can come back in two weeks and, and play in that game. I still doubt it. I still think Reschke's done for the year. Um, it's, to me, surprising that generally Michigan State will announce season-ending injuries. Uh, so I think they're hoping to get him back at some point, but that an ankle sprain is just, it's a tough injury to come back from. It's a nagging injury. I mean, Michigan state basketball players have had similar things and it's just, <laughs> it drags out throughout the season. The only way for it to get better is rest. A lot of rest, <laughs> rest, ice, all that, you know, maybe a nice little sensual massage here and there from a nice lady, but I guess at this point, that's, that's where Michigan State is. It's where they've been for the past four weeks. I obviously, when you go back, if you ever were to go back and listen to our awful season preview show, where <laughs> we made some just not good picks. I mean, I don't know how yours are doing. Mine are just all bad. So, but it's it's just college football is hard that way. And you have new guys every year, and you just you don't know what the new guys will bring. You're hoping that. Coming into the season, Michigan State had built a, built a program, and since they started doing some better recruiting, that that this this kind of downfall wouldn't happen. But when you when you're actually looking at what they're putting out there, coupled with some of the injuries to some key players, again, I don't think Michigan State's on a four game losing streak. If you have John Reschke and uh, Riley Bull the past several weeks, if Darian Hicks doesn't go out, I know he's not great, but I think it's proven that he's better than. Some of these guys were able. Some of these other guys were putting out there. Uh-huh. So, I mean, you couple a a, a less a, a not overly deep team with some key injuries and guys just not stepping up. A, a Demetrius Cox not having a great senior year. You look in years past. Michigan State relies on their upperclassmen to have their best seasons. And I think it's arguable that Demetrius Cox is having his worst season as a Spartan. And I think that's part, partially because, you know, teams are targeting him. And as a, as a safety, I mean, he's not a corner. He's, I don't think he was brought in for his ability to play coverage. But, I mean, he's, he's got to get better because teams just target him on third downs. I saw I don't know how many times where it would just be a simple little crossing route towards the sideline, and Demetrius Cox just wasn't there to make the play. He was about two, three steps behind the guy, which, yeah, it looks like the guy's kind of covered, but as long as you put the, the ball where it needs to be, it's going to be an easy easy completion, easy first down. So, um, 
I, I will give some credit to Nicholson. I know some people have not been happy with him, but I think his tackling's improved. Um, I won't call him a huge bright spot in the defense, but I don't think he's been the reason for a lot of the defensive woes. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, Mil- Malik McDowell's still a beast. I feel bad for the poor guy that, you know, his name has to be associated with his defense. It's got to be frustrating when you're as good as he is and there's just nothing he can do because he doesn't have any help. So I guess we'll just see where it goes from here. We'll, we'll continue. We'll continue to talk about him. Mm-hmm. We'll continue to stand by him. I'm, you know, I'll still wear my, wear my Spartan colors proud on Saturdays. I'll still cheer for the Ooh. team as, you know, hard as I can on Saturdays for as long as I can, you know, for as long as the game stay, stay close. But you know, I, again, it's just, this team is what they are. They're not very good. They can't get key stops, and teams understand that. And when you're look, when I'm sure you look at the film, third and eights don't scare teams because that just means we can throw and pick up 15, 20 yards. So hopefully this team down the stretch uh, can can make some adjustments and can get better because there's no there's no one saying that this team can't improve, that they can't you know figure some things out in practice over the com- coming weeks and play competitive games down the stretch. Again, I. I honestly believe they have the talent too, but it's just getting that talent all on the same page and, you know, starting to play more team ball. I don't see the gang tackles that I have in years past, you know, guys uh, rallying to one spot. I mean, there before where you'd have like a stretch run and you'd have one spot in there to make the initial hit and then five more to just take the guy out. So it's just, just things here and there. It's upsetting, but again, I mean, we've said just about everything we can, and it's not like we're learning new things about this team, really. We're just we're seeing the same thing over and over and over again, and it's and it's disappointing. But that's that's what this team is this year. Yep. Um. So I think done talking about Michigan State football for for now. Again, we'll we'll revisit them this Friday, and we'll we'll break down their chances against Maryland this this week or this coming Friday, and. Hopefully they can get back on the right right track. But uh, we're going to talk about some good news, some better news for one of us. Jake is going to go over the picks, and again, one of us had a strong week. So I killed it. I went, That's a lie. I went five and five. Solidly average. Solidly average. Solidly mediocre. Dan, on the other hand, not very good. Wait, actually, he went nine and one. Boom! I should have bet. I should have thrown so much, all my life savings down on these games. The only game he didn't get correct was Pac-12 at night game, UCLA-Washington. And that's because Washington couldn't get two more points. So I almost got that one right. I was, I was two Dan points away. Dan almost swept. Two points away from a clean sweep this weekend. So that puts us on the season. Dan, and, Dan is 25-13-2. Well, I'm eighteen twenty and two. It's, it's rough. No, I think this is it's going rough great. Rough for me. This is going great. I'm. I guess I should just gamble more. You should. That's what I'm learning. I could be a rich, rich man if I were just to every week take my life savings and bet on all these games. I like it. I mean, I don't see what could possibly go wrong. <laughs> You're right. I mean, just ask Michael Jordan or Pete Rose. What could possibly go wrong <laughs> when it comes to gambling? Hey, one of those is still in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, that's not P. Rust. <laughs> so, 
yeah, another 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 fun week of of picks that I just apparently am better than I thought at. For the amount of things I get wrong on this show, on a week by week by a segment by segment basis, I'm not bad at making picks against <laughs> the spread. Which, I mean, the record not not like not super amazing, but not bad. I'm 25 correct picks out of however many we've done now. What 40? Yep. So overall. And when when you look at like a couple of the picks I've gotten wrong, they've been they've been close. And it was also because, you know, early in the season I think I picked Michigan State more than I should have. So I've been off the bandwagon now for I think since Indiana. Yeah. And I think I've gotten that right every week because <laughs> I keep picking. Well, yeah, I have because mm-hmm. I keep picking the other team, and for some other reason, um, uh, Sting in Vegas continues to think much better of Michigan State. Yeah, I They're, still have no under. No understanding. Why. They finally, I think they finally gotten it because they released the spread for the Michigan game, eighteen and a half. Is the and I, I think a lot of, I think it'll move back. I mean, again, when you look at the fact that in the last two weeks we've lost to Northwestern by fourteen, and then BYU by seventeen, how the heck is Michigan State going to be able to keep it within twenty? I mean, those Michigan's much better than both those teams. So again. The only reason will be because it's a rivalry game and more emotion. Hopefully you can make more plays. But that, that's uh, they haven't yet put out the Maryland spread yet because I guess there's an injury floating out there to, I think, Maryland's starting quarterback. That That is, you know, they're waiting waiting to hear a little bit more on him before they put out that spread. But if I, I'd probably put it Michigan State in a pick em by one because I, 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 I think Michigan State will still get – Favored because Maryland's also on a little losing streak here, so it's not like they've been world beaters the past two weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, after they start out four and zero, I believe, but have since have lost two or two or three in a row, something like that. So there's no line yet, at least on my app. Nope, I, I read that today. There's no line. They'll probably put that out tomorrow or Wednesday. But um, yeah, I would. I'm actually kind of. I'm kind of wondering what it will be. Because I think even Vegas is a little like, what the heck's going on with, with the Spartans up there? But again, Michigan State's never really been that good against the spread. Look at last year. We couldn't beat the spread at all. <laughs> I think we beat the spread once, and that was Ohio State. And that's because Michigan State, for once all season, wasn't favored. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, those are the picks. Yep. I had some fun with them. I didn't. I remember looking at the, the scores and like, I think I'm doing pretty well this week. I kept <laughs> on like, okay, got that one, got that one, got that one. Then, then on the way over here, Jake's like, "Yeah, you went nine and one." It's like, "Oh, oh, well, good for me." Um, so I we're, now we're gonna hop from a, another good news to hopefully more good news or more fun news. Um, we went to Michigan State Madness yes, Friday night. Did. That was very fun. I had a good time. We were able to not sit in the nosebleeds. Yeah, I was. I was quite excited by that. Uh, Got my sisters came in, which was fun for me. See them enjoy some some Spartan Spartan hoops, um, along with with Jake and our our bandwagon, bandwagon correspondent. correspondent Jinx, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> but, like bold move. To, I know you talk the most in this podcast, anyways. But bold move to voluntarily go alone. I mean, I got to do what's best for the show, man. <laughs> Rude. <laughs> I hate you. I deserved. So, um. How, Jake, what did you enjoy most about the night? Um, what else did I get right about that night, if you want to tell everyone? Um, Not well, all right, but still right. You, you were 75% right. 
I give myself like ninety percent. Nah, I, I got a color wrong because I don't remember what their jackets were. Izzo, just, uh, Izzo came out in the Hall of Fame jacket, like Dan predicted. Um, Dan was just misremembering the color of the, the color jacket. because the gold, as all of us know, is for Canton and the NFL. Well, I just th- I thought they did a similar thing, and I I do apologize. I should know better, but I'll admit when I'm wrong, and I was really wrong in the color of the jacket. But I was absolutely right that Izzo wasn't going to do anything super crazy this year. I just think it was the right year to to you know reel things in a little bit, especially coming off the loss and in the tournament. And I just think at, at some point, and I, Mark Hollis, the AD, was absolutely right when he said you you got to appreciate this guy. You know, he's done a lot for this university. He's done a lot for these fans. Mm -hmm. He's made this, that Spartan Madness event, something super fun every year since they've been doing it. Uh, And I think it was just, it was fine to just finally give the man the standing ovation that he deserves. Uh, You know, he's Hall of Famer coach now. And you just never know what will, you know, what will happen the day he leaves. I did like that he said eight to ten more years. Yeah, that of, was of coaching. That's I mean, you just never know. With a guy like Izzo, I wouldn't have wouldn't ever shock me if let's say he did win another national title if he decides to hang him up. Uh, I don't think that's what he's going to do. I th- he's just I th- this is something he loves doing, and I don't think he can imagine himself doing anything else. Uh, but I mean, again, he did say eight to ten more years, so maybe that was a little hint. I hope it's an accurate hint. I would love to be in you know, wow, I'd be pushing forty if he coached ten more years. Wow. That's that's upsetting, but anyways, <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, that was fun. Um, when they did the player introductions, they all came down in tuxedos, which yeah, was that, looking fresh. And that gave me the clue of that's what they're gonna that's what they're gonna do. You know, come out in the tuxedo, kind of give Tom Izzo his his at home Hall of Fame induction ceremony. Mm-hmm. The other thing uh, that I think was a little more off the beaten path, but I love they did. Was bringing powers? Bringing aerial powers. Let her kiss the Spartan. Head. Yep. Uh, that was really cool. It's um, the 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 MSU women's team. I, unfortunately, I don't think they're going to be very good this year. They lost some talent. They do still have some returning players. They have an All American potential. And mm-hmm. uh, wow, her name starts with a J, but it's also complicated. I'll say those. They have a lot of complicated names on that team. They do. They need a lot more Smiths and Joneses. <laughs> powers. Bring back some more powers. But. Um, Save time from looking it up. She's a really good player. I beg your pardon. I, it was in my head, and again, I just don't want to mess it up at this point. So, uh, but they're going to have some talent, but I just think they're going to have a little more of a down year because you don't expect to lose someone like Ariel Powers. It's In women's basketball, it's very rare that you see a player leave after three years. Uh, you see a lot of UConn Huskies who are some of the best of the best, stay for four years, just because that's, that's the culture. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, but... Ariel had a chance to go make some money playing the game she loved. And she went top five. Yeah. And you, can't, she's, you can't blame her. She's also killing. I believe she was in uh, the all-rookie team playing for the Dallas Wings, which were the Oklahoma... No, the Tulsa... Dr- Tulsa, thank you. Tulsa something. Formerly known as formerly the Detroit Shock. The Detroit Shock. So essentially playing at home down <laughs> in Dallas. Um, but The home away from home away from home. Yeah. But I, I thought that was a really cool moment. I'm, I'm not sure that a lot of fans there, because a lot of fans there go to see the men's basketball team. And I'm glad that, I, you know, there were some that realized her greatness and what she did for the program. She was truly a phenomenal player. And Michigan State might not get another aerial powers ever. So that, she's one of those players that 
probably routinely would be on the Tennessees, the Baylors, the uh, Yukons of the world. But she came to Michigan State. She had a heck of a three years here. Pretty much set every record in the book in three years. You know, scoring. You know. Uh, probably assists, turnover, you know, all, everything. <laughs> all, all the important stuff. Yep. The whole thing is just always a fun time. We saw a lot of fun Miles Bridges dunks. Um, he's he's going to be fun to watch. He is. Uh, we And then we saw who I think will probably be the, the best freshman or the least the least frustrating freshman, which will be Josh Langford. <laughs> yep. Uh, you watch – I think you what you see out of Cash and what you see out of Bridges is they're going to have moments where it's like awesome – and they're going to have moments where Izzo's going to pull them off and, you know, make them hate their lives and yell at them in front of, in front of a, an entire Izzo. Yep. So um, you, you see flashes from that, from that freshman class. Obviously, I wish Josh Jackson would have been a part of it. would have been really fun last night to see him there too, but is what it is at this point. Yep. And then the, also the fourth freshman in D class, yep. Nick, Nick Ward. Nick Ward, who, who looked pretty Jinx. good down low. Dan. Thank you. I can't you, carry this. You, dude, you could have. That was your opportunity. <laughs> it was. But, but Nick Ward, is, he's going to be one of those guys that I personally enjoy a lot. I, pref- I love watching the big men play. And he was able to grab some nice offensive rebounds. Just a lot of effort plays, even now, if it is just a, just a scrimmage. And let's also preface that by saying that Gavin Schilling didn't play yep. in a scrimmage. Also, a Nick, Nick Kenny Jones. Jones. Kenny, wow, why did I say Nick? Get me out of here. I'm done. Uh, you should work for ESPN. You're right. Nick Goings, Kenny Goings also didn't play. Uh, I think those are both precautionary. I haven't read or, read or seen anything that would cause alarm. Just when you have very few big men, mm-hmm. um, Michigan State's very thin at center. So I think you got to do what you can do to keep them healthy. And Goings, uh, obviously, is still coming back from his injury. Um, I think he's about about ready to go, but still, why risk something? Right. You know? it, he came Especially in, with Ben Carter just going down. Yep. Um so you have, I mean, he came in in the tournament game, played like three minutes, and that was probably Michigan State's best three minutes of that game when Goins came in. Uh, and then, obviously, he went down with the knee in again, and, you know, history happened from there. So, uh, fun night. Um, obviously, people want to get reads from the team from from that game. You can't. It's it's a silly scrimmage. They, the players have fun with it. I, I think they did uh, try to go down to the wire. Um they kind of did a, an old versus young thing in the scrimmage. You had a lot of uh, the, the youth playing on the white team, which is the team I was cheering for. Uh, me and our, our uh, bandwagon correspondent made a little little wager mm-hmm. that I probably lost. You did. But I paid for it. So The next morning. I did. But um, then you, So you had uh, a lot of the young guys uh, – like, like I said, Ward played on the white team, which really helped because he was really the only true center that was playing. And then you had a lot of the older guys. Aaron Harris looked brilliant from the outside. Yep. Um, and then, I'll, you know what? I, I loved what I saw out of Tum. He had a driving, game-winning layup. Uh, the game was tied, I do believe. Yep. Tied or one-point game, one of the two. And uh, he had a game-winning drive drive to the hoop, and he just he showed that speed. And that's something I'd love to see out of him this year. You know, it's been... Two years of him. I, last year's tough for me to have anything overly negative because the guy was hurt all year. He was playing through a really tough injury to play through, and the guy's nothing but hurt. You know, I know he may not bring the entire skill set that a lot of Michigan State fans want to see out of the point guard. 
you know, when you go from a guy like Keith Appling, who could light it up when he was healthy, you know, you had Kalen Lucas in the past and Drew Neitzel's in the past, all these guys that could score a lot of points from the point guard position. Uh, so, and I know Tom, Tom's not that, but I love his leadership. Um, I, I love his, his defense for a small guy. He's, he's tough to get around. He's so quick. And you, you saw that speed back. Mm-hmm. That was something I think that was missing for a lot of last year. He lost his, his quickness. That just because he had a nagging injury, that he it was one of those again that just needed rest. And during the grinds and rigors of a college basketball season, you just didn't have the time to afford him that rest last year. I mean, you probably needed like two, three, four months off, and that's the entire season right there. So, uh, yeah, we had we had some fun. I think uh, the, the night was fun. Um, they at Michigan State, uh, the women's team did a, a fun little tribute to Janet Jackson. Susie Merchant was looking just fine, just fine. Uh, and, uh, overall, I, I, there, there, I'm always a little torn because I, I would love to hear a little more noise out of the crowd, but I mean, when they're introducing all the players, I mean, I don't, I just don't think they're, I want the crowd to be louder. I want more cheers, but they're all sitting on their cell phones trying to record everything and, you know, giving the high fives and all that. But overall, I think Michigan State represented pretty well for, um, you know, um, fun fact, both teams. The men's and the women's have fantastic dance moves. They do. We, just, we saw, no, especially got... highlighted by Aaron Harris. Aaron Harris, and uh, again, another girl's name that I don't remember, but she pulled out the Michael Jackson moves. Man, that was that was fresh. Uh huh. I loved. I, I loved. It that. was just fun. They all had their well, little welcome song. The women they walked in from the side or the the tunnel. They all had, they all picked their song. They all danced to it a little bit. And the men they all walked down from. From the aisles, and then Aaron Harris, he was just dancing all the way down. Man, it was, he, it was fun. He, he had the moves, and he backed it up with scoring a lot of points. And, <laughs> I mean, I don't, I'm not sure anyone actually keeps track of total points in that that silly little scrimmage. But Aaron Harris is on fire from three. If he if he can bring that and also bring some driving ability, which he has, I mean, the guy's a freak athlete. He is probably going to be the best player on this team. Oh yeah, definitely. And that's why he needed one year to get adjusted after the transfer from West Virginia. Well, that and, and that's. Sorry to cut you off, but it, was all, it also wasn't his team last year. True. I mean, he was coming in, it was the first year playing, and you were behind guys like a Denzel Valentine, a Matt Costello, a Bryn Forbes, who'd been, you know, Bryn Forbes transferred in at the same time, but he got to play right away. And, you know, you you, you got to pay your dues, and they you saw at, at times when Valentine was out last year when they needed Harris to score, he did. So he's going to be a scorer this year. Hopefully, uh, one thing he dedicated himself by the end of the year was to his defense. Um he, and he, he picked it up. He he had a lot of games where he was the lockdown defender. And I think he's going to get a lot of help this year. Uh, Josh Langford, I think, is going to be a great defender by the, you know, by whenever he decides to leave. Um, and then um, Alvin Ellis, too. Yeah. He showed sparks near the end of the last season where he it seemed to finally click. And I know we'll have a Michigan State more in-depth one later, or later in the year when season comes up. Season's ten days away, man. Is it really? This, I mean, preseason ball starts oh, ten days, balls. but then though. then it starts. Then I mean, it starts. Preseason goes. Uh, preseason's over. They get a couple days, and then here we go. They start on Veterans Day, uh, November eleventh, and here we go. Eleven, eleven. Make a wish. Eleven, eleven, sixteen. Oh, they were close to eleven, eleven, eleven. Yeah, we were five years off. Close, man. Maybe Still one close. day. But anyways, um. Yeah, this team, listening on the radio, I, I don't know what, again, I don't know how good they can be. 
I'm listening to one of the local beat writers, Graham Couch, make some predictions uh, about who they're going to lose to because they have just a brutal stretch. Like we've we've talked about it before to start the year, but I mean, I think they're capable of winning those games. I think when you get have a guy like like Lou Rawls, Tum Tum Narn, uh, you have a guy like Matt McQuaid, who I think is a ice a guy a lot of people forget forget about, but he is going to be I think a brilliant three point shooter this year. Um, and it's, uh, one of those guys is going to help Michigan State a lot because him and Aaron Harris are the two three-point shooters on this team this year. You know, Gone are the days of Valentine and Forbes, and now it's it's McQuaid and Harris. So, uh, honestly, I mean, I, you did see uh, Bridges take some. Not the nicest-looking three, but he can make them. Uh, Langford, I don't think he's going to take many. He's, he's a, a mid-range guy. Mid-range and drive to the hoop type of guy. Alvin Ellis will take. Some. Alvin Ellis also uh, has has a nice looking stroke, so hopefully that's something that now that it's his last year, you know he can he can really ramp that up. And I, to me, I don't want to call it Ellis an X factor, but I think he can really make this team great. Being a senior and being a lanky guy, I mean he can be a really really good defender just because he got long arms, um, and he's really athletic. So he can be a guy that can also come in place, hopefully some really good defense. And it just seemed like by the end of last year, like you brought up, he bought in. He's been in Izzo's doghouse for a long time. And he had the opportunity a couple of times to just leave and to quit. Because I'm sure this, you know, his four years here have not gone as he anticipated. Um, I think he, he wanted to be a, a guy, you know, a name here. You know, every, every player who comes in wants to be a, a you know, leave a great legacy for wherever they play. And, uh, you know, he is, it's not gone the way he's hoped, but I, from what I saw by the end of last year, it was a guy who paid his dues and he's really brought into the system. And I think he, he has a chance to make this Michigan state team, especially a team that's going to be playing a lot of small ball, really, really good. So yeah, again, fun night, Friday night. Like I said, ten days. So we'll. I don't know if we'll be able to sneak in the preview now, or if you want to do it after one of the preseason games. I was, but I was thinking after the preseason, one of the at least one of the preseasons. But yeah, it's basketball season is is. It, Couldn't it's, have come soon enough. This well, year. that and it's starting and it it goes and maybe that's going to help Michigan State fans because guess what? You're playing real games for all of November and pretty much you know into the beginning of December and that's when the the schedule you know goes down a little bit and then just in time for it to go back up for right. big time play but should should help Spartan fans recuperate a little bit hopefully i mean even if you're not winning all those games i think Michigan State is going to be competitive in those i think you have when you have a guy like guys like you know like i said Harris and Tom and even a Bridges and Cassius Winston you know those guys they came, they came here to win you know, and Bridges is only going to be here for one year. You can you can bet he's going to do his best to win every game. Not to mention, a lot of these guys that are playing in in the preseason are guys that the Bridges and Langfords of the world have seen a lot over at the AAU circuit. Um, you know, playing all these these um, all star games. Uh, you know, McDonald's All American type games. These are guys that they've seen. They know. So I'm sure that can only help. <laughs> and also, a lot of these guys Izzo has recruited. <laughs> so. Uh yeah, I, you know I know that when you when you have those type of games, especially I'm, unfortunately I, I don't believe Michigan State gets a gets a crack at Kansas this year, in any of the early season games because I would I would love for Bridges to get a shot at at Jackson because I would I think that would be a fun matchup. They're both big, strong scores, but uh, unless the tournament unless it happens in the tournament, I don't think that happens this year because we played Kansas last year. Yeah. So. 
uh, yeah, again, like you said, couldn't come early enough um, for Spartan football fans. It's been a long time since we've had to say that. Uh, even in, I think even in 2012, while people were like, oh, it's almost basketball season, at the same time, your football team wasn't, like, the worst ever. I mean, I know they struggled to make a bowl game, and that was a year they almost did miss a bowl game, came down to the last game, and it probably will again this year. Obviously, if they lose to Maryland, then it won't, but it might, again, come down to, hey, can we get that sixth win? Um, you know, uh, against, against, it'll be Penn State at the end of the year. Yep. But... We'll get into that more later. Uh, did, did you want to quickly touch on the Lions? We got we got a few minutes here. Uh, I mean, since neither of us really watched the game, but they won. They won. They're three and three. So good for them. Uh, no, another win came down to the wire. Kind of deja vu from the week before. Mm-hmm. Uh, had a a field goal with about a minute left, and then game winning interception. This time by Bush. Woo! Not Reggie. What? Apparently he he's not here anymore. But um. Oh. Yeah, another. Uh, and then a, a play that kind of might get overlooked was on uh, St. Louis's or not St. Louis, thank God. Uh, LA's, LA. LA's second to last drive. Darius Slay had another nice pass breakup on third down. Wasn't an interception, but it was a huge play to get the ball back, which the Lions went down and kicked the field goal and then hung on for, for the win. So uh, good on you, Detroit. You know what? I know we said they were out of it. They're not completely out of it. I'm not going to say again that they're world beaters, but I'll give them credit for for the for these past, especially playing without the guys they've been playing without. Mm-hmm. They they've stepped up as a team, and you know I maybe this is Caldwell proving his worth for you know I when they're when you start winning games, I know they've not been against the best teams in the world, but you win some games here or there. I mean, the Packers already have two losses, <laughs> so the Lions are only one game behind the Pack. And uh, I think the Vikings are end up gonna end up running away with this division just because that defense is mean and purple. And honestly, Aaron Rodgers is not having a great year. He's not who he once was. I don't know if he's just taken a step back this year due to one reason or another. But yeah, so like like you said, neither of us really got the chance for different reasons. You had to work. I was hanging out with some friends who were in town, uh, and you know, as much as I love sports, friends come first. So yeah, uh, but good on the Lions. Got back to 500. I wasn't honestly sure if they were going to see 500 again this season, <laughs> the way they were playing. But you know, hopefully they can they can get a couple of Levy and um, uh, uh, Ziggy back, and you know maybe get rolling a little bit and maybe not win, but compete, compete for a wild card or something like that. Yeah, let's let's try to have some fun. All right. So that that'll be the show for the week or for today. We'll be back again this Friday to we're going to break down Maryland. We're going to do it. We're going to do it in a good mood. Yeah, we are. We're gonna we're gonna believe in this team still. I know a lot of Spartan fans are are jumping off the wagon, and again, you're allowed to have a bad year. I mean, been over this before. If you count the teams since D'Antonio's been here that have had really bad seasons, Michigan's missed bowl games once or twice. You know, since since Dan, in D'Antonio's time here, Ohio State had a really bad season a couple years ago in twenty twenty eleven, I believe it was. Um, before Urban Meyer came in. You know, you look at Oregon's of the world. Notre Dame's having a really bad year this year. And we beat them. Yeah, we did. Man, just imagine if you didn't win that game. Ouch. If your only win was was against a 1-8. Uh, ouch, I don't even want to think about that. I guess, hey, at least you beat a team. Yeah, we did. But, again, you look across the country. I know it's it's hard to accept, but these things happen. 
And I still believe you have the head coach that can fix these things. And I'm going to trust him. I know a lot of people are jumping on the fire this guy, fire that guy, fire everybody. Um, sort of, sort of bandwagon. All of this. It's, it's easy to say, you know, when you're, when you're in the, the midst of the game, you're watching the struggle. But if the, if these are the guys that D'Antonio wants to, wants to go into every game with, then you got to trust them because again, talked about this, I think on Friday, all these guys have forgotten more about football than I've, I've ever known. Mm-hmm. So I, I love going on Facebook and seeing some of my Facebook friends. You got to get rid of this guy right now. It's like, what do you know? You know, you're a stinking college kid, fresh out of college. You literally know nothing. <laughs> so uh, just part of me wants to tell them to shut up. Yeah, we're having a bad season, but it's really easy to sit there and play play armchair. And and Some of us just like to be the armchair. Right? So, like I said, that's the show. I'm going to shut up now. Perfect. I've talked a lot. Jake didn't want to talk today. Hey, I talked some. He talked some, but I talked more. You, that's... Dude, you you just gotta shut me up. You had the you had the chance. I did. Yeah, you, you had the golden I had the opportunity. I, I got nervous. But so again, we'll be here this Friday. As always, Twitter, uh mm-hmm. DJ underscore sports pod, and then our personal ones, uh D underscore Ray MSU, Jake underscore Van Amberg. Man, see how I got all those right without even thinking. I'm, I'm getting, so proud I'm getting, of you. You know, like thirty shows in, I finally got it. And then subscribe to us on iTunes and SoundCloud. Um, don't forget about Facebook. Also, yeah. share us with your friends. Share us with your family. Share us with your exes that you just really hate. And hey, this is how you get back at them yeah. right here, right now. So, um, and uh, as always, just thanks for listening. We'll be back again this Friday. Uh, and uh, like I said, I promise we'll be in good moods. I am sticking with Michigan State till the end, whatever end. You know, if if we don't win a game the rest of the season, I'm gonna cheer for them every week. I know Jake won't. Hey. <laughs> that was unnecessary. It was, but I'm just, mostly gonna cheer for that. I'll just throw you under the bus because you're hey, right man, there. I'm gonna cheer for the tank. You got a tank to get that first overall pick. First overall pick. Wait, that's how this works, right? Why does Alabama keep up? Who did they who did they get their pick job this time? Whoa, they keep on stealing the rest of the rest So, um, like I said, thanks for listening and we Well, what?